Say this with me tonight. I'm getting back my keys tonight. Amen and amen. You may be seated all over the house. I have six keys from this scripture that I want to give to you tonight that I believe will allow us to recognize how we can recover things that we have seen to have lost. I believe prophetically I'm speaking to some people that you're here tonight and the truth of it is is you feel like you've lost something. I believe there's people under the sound of my voice that you've lost your joy. You've lost your prayer. You've lost your peace. You've lost your fire. You've lost the effectiveness. You've lost the vision. You've lost love. You've lost power. There are people under the sound of my voice tonight and you have lost something and what you've been wrestling with and what you've been contending with is how How do I get it back? How do I get it back? You feel like you have lost something crucial in your life that it was instrumental for your effectiveness. I came tonight to tell you how to recover it. The first key that we can find is in the first four verses. I'm going to read them again. It says, And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. And so he answered, Go. And then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered and said, I'll go. And so he went with him. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. The first key that I want to give you tonight is the key of understanding. Somebody say the key of understanding. understanding. Our greatest losses seem to come partnered with our greatest seasons of growth. See, we need understanding because if we're not careful, we will, we will identify a season as a season of loss. But I came to tell you what you will find is your greatest seasons of loss seem to come partnered with your greatest seasons of growth. It's when everything seems to be going right. It's when everything seems to be expanding. It's when everything seems to be falling into place that the enemy will often come then and begin to apply pressure. Somebody say pressure. Pressure. They were growing but losing something at the same time. Catch that. They were growing. They're out with their axe. Can I, I, need my, I need my axe, please. They're out with their axe, and they are chopping away. This is a prophetic axe that was given to me. I call it prophetic because of the word that came with it from my spiritual father, Pops, Pastor Devon Coker. The word on there is rada, which is the Hebrew word for dominion. But anyways, they're out there with their axes, and they're chopping, and they're expanding. Get this. They are building. The place where they were dwelling was too small. But now here in a season of expansion, they're working, they're chopping, they're sweating, they're seeing growth, they're seeing expansion. But while they're growing, all of a sudden, one of the, pro- the prophets loses the axe head. See, it's oftentimes in our life that what we will find out in our greatest seasons of growth is also also the same seasons that we are contending not to lose things. See, hard times are sure to show up to shake us up. The enemy uses this method to try to get our focus more on what's been lost than what's being gained. 
catch this. While the prophets are chopping, one prophet is no longer worried about what's being expanded. He's no longer seeing ground that's being taken. He is focused on what he's lost. I came to prophetically speak to some of you tonight because I'm telling you that the kingdom of God is growing all around you. There is expansion. There is increase of influence. But some of you are staring in the muddy, murky waters and you're talking about what you lost. Can I tell you something? The pressure is not personal. I need you to get that in your spirit tonight that the pressure that some of you are feeling is not personal. Satan does not hate you personally. He hates the call of God on your life. He hates the purpose of God that you have in your life. He hates the fact of you coming into agreement with what God wants to do and how he's going to use you to add increase to the kingdom. I came to tell you tonight, the pressure is not personal. He hates the call of God on your life. He hates your obedience. He hates your fervent prayers. He hates your love for God. He hates the word of God inside of you. He hates everything about the God of heaven inside of you. He don't hate you. You're no threat to him. But what's in you, greater is he that is in me than he who's in the world. That's what he's threatened by. That's what he can't stand. And the pressure that you feel is a pressure to try to get you to lose the Jesus inside of you. The second key, the second key. So the first key is the key of understanding. If you're really going to unlock, if you're really going to bind, if you're really going to come into agreement in the season, the first key that you got to have is the, is the key of understanding. In all of your getting, get understanding. The second key in recovering what you lost is the key of confession. (laughs) Can I tell you something tonight? You have to confess you lost it. Let me teach you tonight. Second Kings 6 and 5 says, but as one of them was cutting down the tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Now catch this. And he cried and said, alas, master. For it was borrowed. Can I tell you something? Christians are experts at disguising. We would rather cover up than recover. Oh, I'm going to help somebody tonight. See, many Christians today would have sat there swinging their axe handle, hoping nobody noticed that they had lost their head. Oh, come on, come on, come on. We got Christians. You've lost your joy. You've lost your peace. You've lost your power. You've lost something inside of you. You've lost the effectiveness that you used to chop wood with. And God's saying, why are you swinging the handle? You need to begin to cry out and begin to confess. I've lost it, God. I've lost my fervency. I've lost my commitment. I've lost my consecration. You've got to cry out if you're going to recover it. Iron was precious in those days. Why did he cry? Because what he lost was not easily recoverable. You couldn't just go out anywhere and just get a chunk of iron and get a new axe head. They didn't have ace hardwares in those days. What he lost was precious. Can I tell you something tonight? Your joy... It's precious. 
Your prayers are precious. Your love for God, your commitment to God, your desire to serve God, it is precious. It's not that you can just go anywhere in the world and find people who love God. I came to tell you, it's a rarity in today's world. It's a rarity to find people that are truly sold out to Jesus. It's a precious thing to find somebody that when they pray, heaven moves on their behalf. Ah, my God, hear me. Can I tell you something tonight? Your time with God is precious. Some of you have lost your time with God. And you know what you're doing? This is you. You're just trying to chop it down. You got to confess it. God, I've gotten busy. I've lost my time with you. I'm beating wood against wood. See, don't you know the element that God has given you is not of the same consistency of the world, but be ye separate, be different. Come out from among them. I'll give you something that will chop. I'll give you something that'll cut through. I'll give you something that'll tear down, build, and expand. First John. 1, 8, 9 says that if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves. And we're not living in the truth. But watch this. But if we, if we, if we our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. What did he say? He said, if you confess it, you'll reclaim it. Some of you are struggling in a season and because of things that you have lost and all God is waiting on you for is a simple confession. He is asking you to confess your sins, confess your shortcomings, confess your feelings. Go ahead and get the anger all the way out in the air in prayer and begin to talk to God. You got to open your mouth. You got to cry aloud like the young prophet did because if you don't cry for help, you'll never get help. Can I tell you to stop swinging handles and knocking wood when you should be chopping? Confess. Confess. The third key that I want to give you tonight to recover is the ability to confide in godly people. If you're going to recover some things in your life, God's going to put it on you to confide in godly people. Watch, I'm going to show you in the Word. You say, well, let me help you real quick. You say, well, how do I know if they're godly or not, Pastor? A godly person goes to prayer. An ungodly person goes to the phone. How do I know if they're godly or not? How do I know I can confide in them about my struggle with pornography? How do I know I can confide in them with my struggle about anger? How do I know they're godly enough that when I tell them about the abortion, they're not going to condemn me and judge me? Because God said, you'll be able to know because the difference between the godly and the ungodly is the godly get on their knees and take it to prayer, but but the ungodly, they pick up the phone. Let me go on record and talk to anybody that likes to gossip. You run your mouth, 
You talk about people, especially when they confide in you, you better be real careful because what you'll find out is the Spirit of God will run you down. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, these seven things the Lord detests. The shedding of innocent blood. The, the, the gossip of a brother. Come on. He hates gossip. We need godly leadership. We need godly covenant in the body again. That when I'm struggling with something, I got some people I can go to. And I can tell them, if you're going to recover in this season, God's going to align some people with you that you can begin to confide in. Because they're going to be there to lift you up and not tear you down. Galatians 6 and 1 says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore. Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Now catch this, I love this part. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You know why I've never laughed at a pastor that's fallen? Because I know I'm not without exception. Do you know why I don't glory in the downfall of any ministry? Do you know why I didn't laugh over any church? Do you know I personally cried over the condition of many churches after COVID swept through and began to shut them down? Even though this church was growing, do you know why my heart was? Because this is what I know, that, that, that it easily could have been me. It easily could have been Dominion Church. And if I cast judgment on them, Matthew chapter 7 said, judge not you, at least you be judged in the same manner you judge. You will be judged. In other words, the way you begin to talk about somebody, you better get ready because it's going to come your way. I've seen it too many times. I can't believe he, he, he ran around on his wife. And next thing you know, the same person that said that, you find out they ran around on their wife. Come on, let's talk about it. But what does Galatians 6 say? It says restore. Restore. The fourth key to recover, the fourth key to recover is the key to circle back. Somebody say circle back. Second Kings 6 and 6, it says, so the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place, and so he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron flow. Before I get to the concept of circling back, I want to stay on this concept of godly counsel real quick. Do you understand that that the young prophet lost something that he himself did not know how to recover. But he needed spiritual leadership in his life that could come along inside of his life and begin to speak to him and say, where did you lose it? And then he takes him to that place and he begins to give him instruction on how to recover it. Hear me, Dominion Church, this is your night for spiritual leadership telling you how to recover it because some of you have lost your joy, you've lost your peace, you've lost your patience, you've lost your love, you've lost your prayer life, you've lost your your desire for the Word of God. I'm taking you tonight and I'm bringing you to the muddy, murky waters of the Jordan and I'm going to tell you how you get it back. The fourth key. It's the key to circle back. I love the fact that the man of God said, he said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. Somebody say the place. place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float. Watch. Where did it fall? Where did it fall? And he showed him. He circled back to show him 
where he had lost his edge. I'll never forget when I was a child and I lost anything and I went to my mama. You know what she would tell me? Where did you lose it? Where were you when you last had it? What were you doing when you misplaced it? Hey, 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 hey. See, if you're going to recover, some of you got to be willing in this season to circle back. And and, and as a spiritual father to you tonight, some of you say, well, I lost my joy. I I lost my peace. I I lost my patience. I'm coming to you, and this is what I'm going to ask you. Where were you when you lost it? What were you doing when it went missing? Because whatever you were doing when it went missing, you need to go back and repeat those steps to recover cover it. Well, I was praying. I was in church. I was fasting. I was seeking God. I came to tell you tonight that you need to be back in church. You need to be praying. You need to be fasting because if you will get back to the place where you lost it, you'll recover it. You'll find it. But you got to be willing to circle back. What were you doing when you lost it? Where were you at when you lost it? Circle back. Go back to the lifestyle you were living when you lost it. Go back to being in church every time the doors were open. Go back to reading your Bible. Go back to prayer. Go back to consecration. Go back to the place where you were when you lost it. Some of you are miserable, and the only thing that changed is you. The fifth key to recover is understanding to recover, you have to have the key of the cross. Verse 6 said, so he cut off a stick and threw it in there. Somebody say, he threw it in there. And he made the iron float. See, he cut a stick off of a tree. The tree made the axe head swim, one translation says. The stick restored what had been lost. Let me tell y'all about another stick. Hey, let me tell you about another stick. Let me tell you about an old wooden rugged cross that got thrown into some muddy, murky waters called life. And this old piece of iron that was heavy and stuck in the bottom, when the stick got put in, I began to swim. I began to get all the way up. I began, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found my rightful place. I got back on the handle. I stopped. Let me preach to you and say when the cross touches the muddy, murky waters of your life, the cross returns what is lost. It recovers what is stolen. It replenishes what's been devoured. It revives what is dead. It relinquishes what is captive. It recaptures what is bound. It removes what is bad. It restores what is good. And it resharpens what is dull. That's what the cross will do in your life. My closing key, key number six, 
How do you recover? You have to have the key to catch it. The key to catch it. 2 Kings 6 and 7 said, Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. I need you to turn to three people and tell them, pick it up for yourself. Tell them, pick it up for yourself. Pick it up for yourself. And the Bible says, so he reached out his hand and took it. The key to catching it is understanding that part of the recovery relies on you. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Some of you are waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. Some of you have been saying, I want my joy back. I want my peace back. God, when you going to give it to me? God's saying, I'm bringing it to the surface in this season, but some of the recovery is going to rely on you. Some of you got to get up out the mully grubs. Some of you got to get up out of that place called pain and reach out your hand. Take back your joy. Take back your peace. Take Take back your love. Take back the power. Take back the power of prayer again. You got to get it for yourself. See, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Some people be like, I don't know about all that dancing in church if it ain't in the spirit. Well, guess what? You wouldn't have liked David's worship service then. Because I believe when David started, he wasn't in the spirit at all. He was faith in it until he felt it. He began to worship like a madman. Right in the face of everyone that wanted to talk about him. Right in the face of the onlookers. Right in the face of his wife that was like, why are you doing that? And he, I just believe David just began to dance and he said, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what he brought me out of. You don't know where I was when he found me. And he began to worship. But he did it himself. Some of you are waiting for God to take over, but God's waiting for you to start. Woo! Some things rely on God, but some things rely on us. Calling out to God is what you can do, reaching out your hand and taking it. But the axe head and the iron floating, that's what God does. God does the part to make the supernatural get into the possession of the natural. But God needed a natural man to reach out his hand and take it. But it took the Spirit of God to cause the axe head to float. Listen to me. If you're going to recover in this season, you got to have the key to catch it. It's a key that says, when God floats something to the surface in my life, I'm reaching out my hand and I'm taking it. When breakthrough comes to the surface again, this time I ain't watching it swim. I'm reaching out my hand and taking it. The next worship service I'm in, when I feel the spirit of peace settle, I'm not going to watch it swim by. In that service, I'm reaching out my hand and I'm taking it because God will cause it to swim, but it's up to me to reach out and take it. When you recover it, you have an edge to sever the power of Satan. 
See, the job of the axe is to sever. <laughs> I said the job of the axe is to sever. It cuts some things off. Come on. It cuts off communication. It cuts off complacency. It cuts off lukewarmness. It cuts off all this It cuts off all these pity parties. It cuts off all this woe is me attitude. It cuts off that spirit of pain that's trying to become your identity. It cuts it off. And it says no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And all of a sudden you begin to rise up and begin to advance. You begin to expand. You begin to grow. Stand with me all over the house. Hallelujah. There's someone here tonight and you've lost it. Come on, worship. I said, there's someone here tonight and you've lost it. I don't know what you've lost, but I know you've lost it. I don't know what your it is, but you've lost it. Some of you have lost your desire to worship some of you have lost your desire to serve God. Some of you have lost your hunger to be in the house of God. Some of you have lost your love for his word. Some of you have lost the intimacy you once had in prayer. You've lost it. I don't know what you've lost tonight. I don't know what you're staring in the muddy, murky waters of life, pouting in your pity party about what you don't have anymore. But God sent me here tonight with six keys to recover it. But what you have to understand is the last key is it totally relies on you. You're not waiting on God anymore in this season. God's waiting on us, church. How can you say that? I'll tell you how I can say that. Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and he cried a cry. Do you know what that cry was? It is finished. In other words, he don't have to do anything else. It's already done. So if things are still needing to be done, who do you think it relies on? It sure don't rely on God. It relies on us. I'm making prophetic declarations over my own life that in this season, I'm not just getting it back. I'm getting it all back. But the Bible says that when the thief is caught, he doesn't just have to restore what you've lost. The Bible says when the thief's caught, he has to give it back seven times. Some of you lost your joy, and I want to prophesy to you tonight that in this season, that if you won't wait on God anymore, but you'll start to reach out your hand and take it, God said your portion is seven times the joy, seven times the power, seven times the fervency, seven times the intimacy, seven times the revival, seven times the souls, seven times the baptisms, seven times the influence, seven times. I came to tell you tonight, I didn't come to talk about a thief. I came to catch a thief because he owes me something. I said he owes me something. 
I heard the Spirit of God say this over this church tonight. 1 Samuel 30 and 8. And then David asked the Lord, should I chase after these band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, he said, yes, go after them. For you will surely recover everything that was taken from you. I came to tell you tonight, you're not just getting some of it back, Pastor Sean. You're not just getting a little, you're getting everything. You're getting it all back. 7 times of the love of God that you once had 7 times of the hunger for his word 7 times for the desire to be in the midst of God's people It's not just a little bit coming back God said everything's coming back I came to tell you tonight that if you'll go after it If you'll reach out your hand and take it If you'll go after God in pursuing God, you will find out that God is pursuing your enemy. I believe prophetically that this church is about to turn the corner to become a a bunch of God chasers. That we're going to chase after God. We're going to chase after the promises of God. We're going to chase after the presence of God. And what we're going to find out, that, uh, that God's not running away from us, but he's chasing some enemies out of our life. That when we catch God, we're going to find him pursuing the enemy out of our life. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over this house tonight. I feel the Spirit of God. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. You are good. And God, you love every person under the sound of my voice. God, tonight I can see people, God, and they're holding handles when you've called them to hold heads. And God, tonight, God, I prophesy over this body and I declare that, God, if we'll take the steps, if we'll reach out our hand, God, if we will confess, if we will confide, God, if we will get the key to catch it when you bring it to the surface, God, that we are not leaving here empty-handed in the Spirit.